So if you could open your Bibles, we're going to open them to the book of Colossians, chapter 3, starting in verse 20. That's on page 844 if you're using one of the Bibles we provide in these chair pockets or at the end of your aisle. Again, Colossians 3, starting in verse 20. This will be our very last, if you can believe it, message in the book of Colossians and our series in Colossians, Learning, Loving, and Living Christ. We've kind of been in Colossians a little bit out, going off of it and stuff, but we will now, after today, have covered every verse in Colossians, including today, Colossians 3, verse 20. So we're going to read both verses 20 and 21 this morning, again, of Colossians chapter 3. Read these with me if you would. Children, obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. So, our last two Sundays are really honed in on verse 21, uh, talking with fathers. We did the Father's Day sermon in the week after and talked about lessons to learn from about fatherhood from Scripture. And, but today, we look at verse 21, where the Apostle Paul addresses children. And since he addresses kids, and this is our first Sunday of the summer, with our five-year-olds, and up in the service with us, I will likewise address our children. This will be a little bit different this morning, because I've been addressing children five years old, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, you know, all the way up to, if you're below 18, really be addressing you specifically this morning. So it'll be a different kind of message, uh, and, and just encourage all you who are not children to tag along, pray for the kids. Uh, if you have kids or no kids, this could apply some other time in your life. Uh, but I want us to start, kids, by learning together this verse. All right, this verse in Scripture, Colossians 3.20. So if you're a child from wherever you are, please stand up with me, okay? Stand up. All right, uh, we're going to learn Colossians 3.20, which says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And to help us learn, we're going to play a little game. A game kind of like Simon Says. Kind of like Simon Says. And what we'll do is, uh, I'm going to ask you to repeat after me, but only repeat after me if I say the right word. Okay, only if I say the right word, like it's in the Bible. Okay, so if I say, you guys kids got this? If I say, giraffes, obey your parents, what will you say? Nothing. That's right. Way to go. We're on this. All right, so we're going to learn this together. And, and if you accidentally say something, if you want to really play along, you can be honest and sit down. All right, if you accidentally say something. So let's play the game together. All right, so repeat after me. You ready? Children. Oh, I don't hear. I don't barely hear anyone. Children. Children. Don't listen. Uh-oh. All right, oh, thank you for your honesty. Okay. Children, jump in the bushes. Oh, oh no, that's okay, that's okay. Okay, let's try again. Ready? <laughs> this is fun. All right. Children, obey your hamster. All right, so far so, far, so good. All right. Children, obey your parents 
in fun things. Good job. All right. Children, obey your parents in everything. Good job. (laughs) For this gives me more video game time. Oh, that was too easy, wasn't it? Okay, let's try this again. All right. Last one. Children, Children. obey Obey. your parents parents. in everything, everything. for this pleases the Lord. Lord. Great job. Let's give these kids a round of applause. Way to go. All right. All right. All right. So guys, children, I'm going to give you four reasons why you should want to obey your parents this morning. All right. I know this is going to be fun. Why you should want to obey your parents, and all your parents are going to help you with these by taking notes and reminding you later. (laughs) All right, so (laughs) here we go. First reason you should want to obey your parents is obedience, obeying your parents, pleases God. That's what this verse says, right? It pleases the Lord. Who here likes to make their mommy and daddy smile, their mom and dad smile? Okay, all of us do. Even you older kids. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate that. Maybe it's when you get a good grade. Maybe you color something for them. Maybe you make your bed, even when they don't ask. Or you just do something to make them proud of you. You make them smile. And no matter what age you are, I don't care how old you are, everyone, even adults, want to make their mom and dad proud and make them smile. And guys, you have a heavenly Father who loves you even more than your mom and dad. And he proved it by sending his only son to die for you so that by trusting in him, we would get to be his sons and daughters forever. When you begin to trust that God sent Jesus to suffer and die for you and to forgive that big no in your heart that makes you want to say, no, I want to do my own thing. When you believe that, you're thankful that he does that for you. You get excited. You even want to please your Father in Heaven. And this verse tells us the most clear, obvious way to please God that we know from in the Bible to bring a smile to His face is when you obey your mom and your dad. So the second reason we want to obey our mom and dad is that you and your parents are on the same team. Okay, you and your parents are on the same team, children. Have you ever had a feeling... You can be honest about this. This is, this is the place of trust. Have you ever had a feeling that your parents never let you do what you want to do? It's okay to raise your hand. Ever have that feeling? My, my parents never let me do it. Okay. Okay, honest. Honest over there? No? Oh, thank you. <laughs> that's, your, that's, your, that's your child. Uh, have you ever had that feeling that they're tra- trying to make your life miserable? Well, as you get older, yes, okay. And adults, thank you. You're also children. Uh, as you get older and even become a teenager, you'll even start to believe that your parents are, are trying on purpose to annoy you and even embarrass you in front of your friends and things like that. All right? And it often feels like you and your parents are on different teams. Right? How many of you are on sports teams? Raise your hand. If you're, have you ever played on a sports team before? Okay. And usually when you play on a team, there's an opponent you're playing against. Sometimes it feels like your parents are on the other team. But I want to tell you something. 
That's a lie. That's actually a lie. It's not true. You are on the same team and you both have a common enemy, an opponent you're playing against. And the wild thing is, it's actually also God's enemy. Now I'm going to show you this verse in the Bible that says this, from 1 Peter 8, where he says, be self-controlled and alert. Like, be looking around and be ready because your enemy, the devil, that's God's enemy, but the Bible says it's also your enemy, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, kids, do you guys want to be around lions? No? Okay, really, yes. Uncaged lions. Okay. Uncaged lions. <laughs> All right. So, so this enemy's always looking to destroy. He's always looking to destroy what's most important in your life. Okay? Like your relationship with your parents. He wants to destroy it. So he wants to trick you into thinking that your parents are actually against you. It's a, it's a mean trick, but it is a trick. All right? So there's an author I really like named C.S. Lewis. This is partly for your parents. Who once imagined how God's enemy how God's enemy and his team might be planning to beat God's team of parents and children. Okay, so this is God's enemy and his team talking. And he imagines them saying, them huddling together, saying, when humans live together for lots of years, it usually happens that each has tones of voice and expressions of face which are irritating to the other. Work on that. This is God's enemy telling his teammates this. Bring fully into the mind of the other team that particular lift of your mother's eyebrow, which he learned to dislike when he was young. Let him assume that she knows how annoying it is and that she does it to annoy him. So see, that's, that's how God's enemy and his team thinks. They're planning ways to make you think that your parents aren't on your team. So I want to encourage you kids to start thinking of your family a little differently. Imagine each member of your family wearing the same team jersey that you wear. The same jerseys for your whole family. Like, for instance, Team Dirksen. All right, all having the same, all having the same uniform on. There you go, Dirksen. Look at that. I'm gonna, that's not really, they didn't really get uniforms. That's all superimposed. We're very fancy here. All right, or uh, Team Walton. Or, of course... <laughs> There's uh, Team Glidden as well. And, and remember that you are fighting against the same opponent, God's enemy. Always remember that, okay guys? Can you remember that? Okay. Third reason to obey is obey because it prepares you for a life under authority. We're going to talk about what authority means. Who here thinks that their life would be best if they always got to do what, what you wanted to do? Who thinks your life would be best if you always got to do what you wanted to do? Raise your hand if you think that's true. Good job. Some of the older kids know that's not true. Now, the Bible says that, that living this way feels good for a little bit, but soon it causes a person a lot of pain, and a lot of hurt, not only to the person, but for those the person loves, the people around you that you love. If you only do what you want to do, it actually causes a lot of pain. And the Bible also says that we're actually more free, more alive, 
more ourselves when we're under the right authority. And authority just means the person over us who tells us the right thing to do and we're supposed to say yes to. So for example, in the Bible, Psalm 119.45 says this, I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commandments. Our greatest authority in the whole world, in the whole universe, is God. Okay? And by saying yes to what God says, to what He commands, you're actually more free. That sounds weird, doesn't it? But you are. Now, the first and next most important authority God puts in your life, we're supposed to say yes to, are your parents. He's the first one, first authority He puts in your life, kids. And as you get older, you'll have more opportunities to obey more authorities that God puts in your path. Like, for instance, your government, people, the leaders of this land. Or your boss, when you have to go work one day. Who wants to work one day? Who's excited to work one day? Two of you, that's smart. Enjoy, enjoy this time while you can. If you don't learn to say yes to authority now, it gets more and more difficult to say yes to authority later in life. And it'll become more and more painful. Okay? That's God has put those people in charge. But there's a big problem with all this, and that is God's enemy that we talked about earlier. He's trying to get everyone to believe that, guess what? Here's the crazy thing. He's trying to get everyone to believe that kids and not parents are actually in charge. Isn't that weird? He wants people to believe that kids and not parents are actually in charge. This is happening and everything around us, guys, and all the culture and society we live in. So everything from children's books to movies to kids' television shows parents to be wimps, kind of wimpy, and not very smart. All right? So they're, in fact, their main job that TV shows and movies often show is the main job of parents isn't to be in charge, but to simply help kids get what they want. So uh, I did a little homework this past week, Pastor Ryan did. I watched some children's shows on the Disney network, because that's what I do. I'm working hard for you on the job. So, uh, so I watched the show, Good Luck, Charlie. Good Luck, Charlie portrays parents essentially as bumbling imbeciles. All right, you don't want to call your parents that. But this show portrays kids as making all the progress in their family, coming up with all the good ideas, and actually making pretty much all the rules. And the parents kind of like, whoa, that's great. But that's not true. That's not how parents should be. Another show I watched was called The Sweet Life on Deck. Anyone ever seen the show Sweet Life on Deck? Okay, great. But the problem with that show, I'm, I'm glad you guys like that, but the problem with that show is it portrays that life without parental supervision is the best kind of life you can live. Like you never see the parents on this show. They're, they're like gone. It's just children. Yeah, it's just children. And they're like loving their life. But honestly, kids without parents, they will not love their life. It's not true. So what I did is I'm going to actually read to you part of a children's story this morning. And I want you children to tell me who the hero of this story is, okay? I'm going to read a little bit of it to you. Not all of it. But I want you to tell me who the hero is in this story, who your favorite character is in this story. It's from a book called Skippy John Jones in the Doghouse by Judy uh, Schockner. Okay, nice book. We, we have one of these at home, but uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, there, I want you to tell me who the hero of the story is, okay? 
We're going to read a little bit of this, and you'll see some of it up there. Between the hours of 1 p.m. and 3 p.m., Skippy John Jones created his finest piece of artwork ever. It went up and down and all around the newly painted hallway, and this rubbed his mama's fur the wrong way, so he used crayons to color all over the walls of his house. Drop that crown right now, Mr. Doodlepaws, commanded Mama Junebug Jones. You're not the boss of me, said Skippy John Jones. In your dreams, Mr. Beans, said Mama. I can't believe that in two quiet hours you covered the walls with all those cockeyed chihuahuas, she scolded. Skippy John Jones likes chihuahuas, as you may know from other books. You are not a chihuahua. You're a naughty Siamese cat. And you need a time out to think about that. But the kitty boy did not budge. As you can see here in the picture. All right, so he's disobeyed his mommy, hasn't he? And then he decides not to listen to her punishment. So she says a few things, and then says, Now stay out of your closet, or you'll really be in the doghouse. She added, putting him into his room. So she specifically tells him not to go into his closet while he's being punished. In fact, Skippy John Jones was thinking before Mama Junebug Jones even left. So then he gets his time out, his punishment in his room, and and along the way, guess what happens? Looks into his closet while he's in his room. Now, what did his mommy say he could go into his closet? No, she said not to, right? But Skippy John Jones was not thinking about Siamese. He was thinking Chihuahua. So he goes into his closet, takes out all his stuff in his closet, and plays with it. And he's very imaginative and creative. He thinks up all these cool stories. And because he's imaginative, the author of this book wants you to think that Skippy John Jones, we should like that, what he's doing, and that he should be our favorite and all that kind of stuff. Now at the end, his mom looks into the room and she sees that he's gotten all his stuff out of his closet. And instead of giving his... his uh, Instead of giving her child a punishment, she just says, really? Asks Mama. Oh, he's such a little crumb cake. And then she sweeps him up and gives him a big hug. Okay, and that's the end of the story. Now, who's the hero in this story, kids? Yes. Skippy John Jones seems like the hero, isn't he? But does Skippy John Jones do the right thing? Did Mama do the right thing? Actually, Mommy didn't do the right thing either. Good guess. There is no hero in this story. Isn't that crazy? And there are all kinds of books like this that portray kids being in charge and that it's kind of funny. But that will not help your life. That will actually hurt your life. So, kids, I want you to think, whenever you see things like this, whether it's TV shows or books, I want you to think, there is no hero here. You could even tell your mom or your dad that. I I give you permission. Say, there's no hero here. And you can say that. But all these these media and and books and things like that will try to tell you that kids should be in charge and that that's a good thing. Family heroes are mommies and daddies who love you enough to give you rules and to reward you and bless you when you obey them and punish you when you don't. And that's hard for parents to punish you. They don't like it. But that's a hero right there. And heroes are children who obey even when it's hard or even when they don't want to. Does that make sense? 
So that's the third reason. Last reason why you want to obey your mom and dad. This is going to be our most important reason. So the fourth reason is obey so you can stay in the circle of blessing. And I'm going to need your help for this. All right, first of all, I'm going to read to you from another part of the Bible, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. So a couple things about this. Right away we hear something new, to honor your parents. What do you think it means to honor your parents? Children, anyone know? What do you think it means to honor your parents? Yeah? Make them proud. Maybe to do things to make them proud. That's good. Also, it's, uh, it's more than just obeying, but it's treating them like they're the most important person around. Uh, that, you know, with love and respect. Not just obeying, but treating them like they're very important. And this commandment to obey and honor them comes with a promise. Honoring dad and mom is the first commandment of the Ten Commandments in the Bible with a specific promise from God that there's a reward for it. So you get a reward for this. It says that things will go well with you. God will help your life actually work out better. Not perfectly, but overall better. Your life will go better if you choose to obey. So I'd like to demonstrate this with a concept. It's from Ted Tripp's book, Shepherding a Child's Heart. It's called The Circle of Blessing, which comes from Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Parents, the Bible doesn't say children should obey for your sake, but they should obey for their sake. All right, so kids, when you honor and obey your dad and mom, you get to stay in the circle of blessing. And in that circle of blessing, God brings life and safety and just generally good things. Not perfect, but generally good things. So what we've done is we've constructed a circle in the middle of our stage this morning. It's, it's our circle of blessing. So I want every child, preteen, teenager, because you're pretty cool and we want you up here, uh, to come forward and to cram into the circle of blessing with me. Thank you guys for helping me out. Okay. I need two brave volunteers who don't mind helping out Pastor Ryan. Two brave volunteers who are super brave and wouldn't mind pretending to disobey. I know this doesn't, you guys, okay, thank you, Alex, thank you. Yes, anyone else? Alex can be our main character. I just need someone to help. Okay, Oliver, thank you so much, Oliver. I appreciate it. So, Oliver, I want you to stand by that, that little stool over there. Thank you so much. Uh, and let's, let's all support Oliver and Alex for coming up here to volunteer and obey. Thank you, guys. Okay, stay in the circle. Good. All right. Um, I want us to try to understand what this circle of blessing looks like in real life, okay? So I'm going to give an example. I'm going to read this example for us. Alex here doesn't like math class. For some reason, <laughs> pretending, for some reason, it just seems too hard for him to do all the work. Every day he comes home from school and his parents have him do his math homework before he gets to play his video games. On one Tuesday after school, his friend, Oliver, comes over to play for a few hours. Now, is Alex still in the circle? 
He's still in the circle. He hasn't done anything wrong, has he? He's still obeying his mom and dad. Now, Alex knows he needs to do his homework, but he really wants Oliver to help him beat the new level of his video game, which I know Alex enjoys. (laughs) Now, his parents might let him save his math homework for after dinner, but Alex doesn't want to take any chances. He really wants to beat this new level. So he decides to leave his math book at school. Let me hand that back there. He leaves his math book at school, and he pretends that the teacher did not give him any homework. So when he and Oliver get back to his house, he looks his dad in the face and lies about it. Now, is, is Alex still in the circle? Yes? Is he still in the circle? What do you think? No, he's not in the circle anymore. Now, what do you think might happen next if he's not in the circle of blessing? What will happen in his life? Good thing. He might die. He could have... He could, there, there could be a chain of events that could lead to his death. That's kind of, this got really serious here. Real quickly. I like that you brought the thunder there, Andrew. That's good. He could eventually... Uh, what are some other bad things might happen if he lies about his math homework? Yes. His teacher might see math homework. So for each thing, there's danger. There's danger outside the circle of blessing. Wrong setting. There we go. There's danger. So, see? So, what's something else that his teacher might find out? He might get in trouble from his teacher. He might die. And stay there. <laughs> might die. What else could happen? Anyone else have any ideas what could happen? Yes. No, no, no. We're not out of ideas. Go ahead. <laughs> what else could happen? Luke? He could get sprayed in the face, but that's not in real life. What, what could happen? What could happen if he starts lying about his homework? What else? Yes. No? Yes. He'll get in trouble maybe with his parents. That's true. Come on. <laughs> uh, what else? Yes, one more. Detention at school. Very good. Now, there's some other things, guys. He might start to lie about other things in his life, and he begins a life of lying about things to get ahead. He wants to do well in school, so he lies about other things. <laughs> and then maybe there's maybe he doesn't get into university because he starts lying about his work and got good grades so he doesn't get into he wanted to go to university but he can't make any university he starts to over tip at restaurants that's bad he didn't learn his math so there's all kinds of dangers that go along with being involved and going outside of the circle of blessing now what are some things that Alice could have done differently instead of lying to his parents that would have helped him obey his parents what are some things he could have done to obey? Yes. Told the truth. That would have been good. So head back into the circle of blessing, Alex. You just had a time. What else could he have done? Yes. Uh-huh. Great idea, Ella. Yes, very good. He could have asked permission to play the video game and do his homework after dinner. He could have asked that. And he thought about that, didn't he? But he decided, I don't want to chance it. I want to disobey. So that would have left Alex in the circle of blessing. See, where there is no danger. There's lots of danger out here, isn't there? Okay, so now children, I want to end by saying, kids, I want to end by saying this. Um, 
we've talked this morning about all, stay where you are, uh, about how much it will bless you to obey your mom and dad. But if your parents, guys, if your parents are asking you to do something that's really wrong, that you know is really wrong, or if they're hurting you in some way, it's okay. In fact, I would ask you, please tell me, Pastor Ryan, or uh, where's our, Miss Susie? So raise your hand, our children's leader down there. It's okay to tell someone if that happens, okay? And your mom and dad would hopefully want that too. So I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to let Alex squirt me twice with the squirt gun because I told him I'd let him. All right, let's pray. One time, twice, okay. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Pray with me, okay? Jesus, thank you so much for our parents. Thank you that you've given them to us to bless us, to give us a life of safety, a life of, a life of great life, and just a blessing and generally good things. Uh, help us as parents, because we're not perfect. Help us set up rules that are for the good of our kids uh, and follow through and enforcing them, but also reward them when they follow through and bless them, Lord. And help us, as, help us children also obey our parents. Give us strength, Jesus. Help us rely on you and ask you for help because we know that you can give us the power and the strength to obey them well. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys can all sit down. Thank you. So let's give all our children volunteers a round of applause. Twice. Twice. Yeah, twice. Come on. No, no, no. You twice. Twice. I know. Twice. Come on.